In this interview, I sit down with the founder of a company called Narbox. We talk about the future of mobile content creation. This is Twitter. All right, so Narbox, I'm here with Tim Fees. He's the guy that's, uh, that's pulling strings behind that company. Tim, welcome to This Week in Photo. Thank you for having me. You know, and thank you for coming on, man. I wanna, I wanna talk specifically about a lot of stuff. And we were just in the green room kind of talking about all the stuff that we're gonna talk about. But before we do that, let's, let's talk about the history. Let's talk about how things got started. It, you know, this is, it seems to be a thriving company as we'll get to when we talk about the, the fundraising campaign. But how did you start? Like, where, where did this company come from? Well, uh, co-founder Will and myself were driving back from a ski trip to Mammoth Mountain, which is kind of the local uh, ski hill here in uh, Los Angeles, California. Yep. And we had full GoPro memory cards and a long week of work ahead. At the time, working full-time jobs, uh, pretty much at a cubicle or whatever. And editing video was not a priority during the week. And what we found was we kept coming back from these trips with these memory cards and the files would just go to waste. We would never end up editing that cool video. We couldn't uh, be a hero uh, as uh, GoPro tells you to be. And because of that, we started thinking about ways to make it easier to create and share content. So to create, so, <laughs> That's that's the main thrust of like, you know, most of the things that a lot of content creators do is how do you what's the path of least resistance to creating and sharing that content and myself included I'm guilty of doing exactly what you said you know like hey we're out there we're gonna grab all this shot. oh look at that that's a great shot and you get the shot and then it just languishes right? happens to everyone happens it happens, <laughs> happens every so okay so what's what's the let's talk a little bit about workflow right so what's the the well, let's let's back up a little bit. So there's this product called Narbox that you guys created that 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 aims to solve this. How does it aim to solve this? Like define the problem that it's fixing and then the sure. the, the cure for that problem. And it's changed a bit over time. I, and I can start from the beginning. So when we, yeah. we first started, when we said, oh, it would be great to make it easier to create, we were really focused on video and we we're focused on GoPro specifically. And we uh, teamed up with a co-founder who had built a similar technology for the military, sat on Black Hawk helicopters, compressed and streamed video back to command centers live during combat so you could analyze it right as it was happening. He said, we could do that for GoPro. So we got started down this path of building this box. And we had prototypes and we started showing it to people. And well, what we found was that people with DSLRs, people with drones, people with any type of camera mm -hmm. were going through the same things that we were going through. So we, we really set out to make it easier for, uh, for, for creators to go through their workflow regardless of what camera they use. And that was where uh, the original Narbox, Narbox 1.0, Yep. Uh, was born from. It was uh, a Kickstarter campaign back in uh, July of 2015. And the way that the workflow works with this box is we have one app that, that uh, pairs with it over Wi-Fi. Uh, you can use it on an iPhone, uh, iPad, Android phone, Android tablet. Uh, you plug in your memory card. You can dump all your card or your files to an internal drive. And using the app, you can stream video, uh, a smaller version of the video, without taking up storage on your phone. You can look at raw images, and you can start to create content while you're in the field for quick, fast sharing on social media. Really aimed at kind of prosumers, weekend warriors, folks that don't necessarily make money creating content. The big realization that we've made in the past 18 months, I would say, is the feedback that we got on this product was really oriented towards professional use cases. Mm -hmm. We had a lot of pros come out and buy it and say, 
man, this could be great, but it doesn't do what I need it to do right now. Yeah. But I, I wanted it anyway, so I bought it, and here's my feedback, right? And that's the best thing that can happen to us because as a, as a company, we try to build our community, un better understand the customer. And that's how we kind of got to Narbox 2.0, which is uh, a professional uh, a professional box that has higher performance, it's more reliable, it's got a lot of new features which we can talk about. And the way that the workflow works with this is you can actually back up a memory card with a single press of a button. Uh, it's got incredibly fast uh, file transfer speeds and you can get started on your workflow in the field and then finish when you get to the studio. Now when you and say that, when you when you say start on the workflow in the field and then finish in the studio, what it, does that mean on the device itself, I'm creating, you know, I'm in Final Cut normally. So am I creating a Final Cut project on there that I can then just open inside Final Cut when I get back to the main Mac or? or? That's a, yeah, that, that's exactly it. And we do the same thing for photos and for videos. So uh, we have four new apps that are shipping with this product. It has an ecosystem of software built around it and integrations with third-party applications uh, that allow you to finish in the field if you want to. And we can talk about those two different paths. Yeah. So within our ecosystem, uh, there's a file management app called SafeKeep. There's a photo culling and metadata app called Selects. Think of it as photo mechanic type uh, interaction. Very simple, but on your phone or your tablet so you can rate and keyword photos. Nice. And we've got a, uh, a video rough cut app called Sequence. And the way that Sequence works is it allows you to piece together your clips with, on a timeline. No advanced effects or uh, big features, but you can piece together clips. You can put footage into bins, uh, and then you can export it as an XML project <sighs> into another editor. So imagine you're on the train or you're in the car ride, on the car ride or in the plane on the way home. You don't want to break out your laptop, but you want to get started because uh, saving time saves money. You do more projects. You make more money. As a freelancer, this is really a dream for you because you can do more work and you can do it more efficiently and more easily. And that's what Narbox 2.0 is all about. Now, some people, they want to finish in the field, like I said. They want to be able to edit a photo and ship it. They want to be able to create a final video and uh, put it on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And our integrations with Lightroom Mobile for photos, which is by far the industry standard sure. uh, mobile editing app on, on iPad and iPhone and Android, um, as well as LumaFusion, which is actually iOS only uh, for video, allow creators all to, to ha take all the tools they need with them into the field, whether it's slow motion, lookup tables for videos, uh, or you know uh, being able to do tone curves and uh, selective edits in Lightroom on an iPad. It's like with Lightroom CC, it's almost as powerful as a laptop. Uh, not quite. I mean, there's certain things that are a little different, but people are using it for real work, especially photojournalists and people with quick turn times. Yeah. So, it's just an ecosystem that's designed to facilitate your needs until you get back home, and then and that, and that's, right into it. And that's that's the piece of it that that, that I want to hit on. So. You know, it's designed to do that until you get back home, right? So you have all these. You, 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 I'm sitting on a train, or I'm sitting in a Starbucks in some place remote, or whatever. You know, and I'm editing, and I can get most of my work done um, using Lightroom Mobile, LumaFusion, etc. The holy grail for someone like me, a content creator like me, that you know, I I brand myself as a multimediographer. You know, there's yeah, <laughs> I, you know, I don't yeah, the the photographer moniker doesn't really fit anymore, so it's multimediographer. So like that. so with that, what I'd like to be able to do is to create a complete project story from beginning to end. For example, you know, I'm I'm heading out to Vietnam, right, and I'm in Vietnam. 
and I want to do a daily. You know, this is what mm -hmm. happened to me today. And it's very simple. I want to be able to put an open sequence with music and a lower third and then a closing sequence and follow me on these networks boom at the end you know with a bunch of jump cuts in the middle maybe maybe a cross dissolve or two that's basically it and maybe a couple title screens in there um but i want to be able to do that the holy grail would be able to like okay i want to build that whole thing and then publish it and then get back to enjoying the day versus yep. the flow of okay i'm gonna go out and maybe i'll get a head start on this but then i gotta make i can't go meet you guys for drinks because i gotta go get this thing done <laughs> like will will the, the narbox 2.0 facilitate a workflow like that Absolutely. And our, our good friends and our partners at LumaFusion are at least 50% responsible for that fact. So there's a really interesting integration that we just put out with LumaFusion. It is the first of its kind and it addresses just an absolute critical pain point uh, in anyone's workflow who's trying to edit video while on the go, which is you've got all these files, but transferring them to an iPad is not straightforward or easy. It takes a lot of time. And it takes up a lot of space. With Narbox 2.0, you have legitimately an, a, an SSD that pairs with your iPad for a like a traditional professional editing workflow. It allows you to stream the clips and pull in just the segments to your timeline that you want. And then from there, you just take it take it in LumaFusion, and it's, it's an incredible editing experience. So you should definitely check out, for, for your workflow, we're talking about just your workflow, especially, you got to look at LumaFusion. And, and with Narbox, you can actually store those files. You know, I, I think what, what some people don't understand is that storage has always been required for post-production. It's mm -hmm. always been required for uh, any sort of uh, media work that you're doing. And we're in this world that's increasingly mobile, so we need storage that works with our mobile devices. And when I say storage, I don't just mean a drive that's dumb. Mm -hmm. I mean a drive like ours that has a, a, a processor and software built on it that, that really streamlines the interface with all these other applications. And it's just a dream to work with because you don't fill up your iPad. You don't have to transfer everything to your iPad to work with it. You can sit there and work off a hard drive or an SD card plugged into your Narbox. It's a, it's a pretty incredible connection, and I think that's why people are, are interested in it. See, that that's what I want to understand more. So that that flow and that sounds exciting. So like, okay, I need one of these. So with with that, so with that flow, can I? Uh, for, first of all, you're saying that the files remain on the Narbox. They're not. That's right. It's not because I want to make sure we hammer that home. They're not copying over to the iPad. You do your edit and then you push them back out to the iPad, right. or iPhone, or whatever. Which is what our which is what our competitors do, and they call those integrations. So okay. That, that's a big point of differentiation between us and anyone else on the market. And you can do uh, that so because you have fact. a processor built into the drive itself that handles all the heavy lifting yeah okay it can even it can even uh, render ProRes, for example uh, so if you're out shooting and you've got your atomos recorder you, you can actually transcode ProRes video and work with it on your ipad and then push an xml file into premiere for your final cut or for into into final cut pro for your final cut wow. so it's incredibly flexible and that dynamic uh, ability because of the built-in cpu and especially the software uh, makes it totally different from anything else out there. So let me get this straight, Tim. So <laughs> just so I understand. So I can, I can go out, I can capture a bunch of footage with my GH5 or G9, whatever. I can 
pop that SD card out of the camera, stick it into the Narbox, copy everything over to that drive, put the mm -hmm. SD card back in my camera. Camera's out of the mix now. Now I have all the footage that I captured that day on my drive. Now I can take just that drive and my, let's say my iPhone 10. I can take that drive and my iPhone 10, which are in my back pocket. I can go sit down somewhere and put together a completed sequence of video with titles and all that stuff using yeah. LumaFusion and the, the, the smartphone and just Narbox and then export that to YouTube or Facebook or whatever, all from just that little, just those two devices. Is that correct? That's right. And it works on 1.0 right now. Uh, it's going to be about 10 times faster on 2.0 in a few months when that comes out. Wow. So you can actually see there are YouTube reviews of the workflow. I think 9to5Mac has one. You can, you can check out the way that it works online. A lot of people have been using it, and we've gotten a lot of feedback on it already. We've got plans to take it even further, but for now, that, that trimming workflow where you don't have to bring in everything, you just get those little segments, it's amazing how much time you save. So oh that, it's, it's a special thing. That is really cool. Okay, so let, let's, let's switch gears. So a lot of the questions that I get or that I've been asking actually over the years since since the iPad launched was is this a viable replacement for my laptop or for my MacBook Pro? Can I leave the MacBook Pro at home cuz it changes the dynamic of how you're <laughs> you're you're going out for the day, right? So can I leave the MacBook Pro at home or in the hotel room and just bring my iPad now and, and create real like, are these devices, from your standpoint, being in the middle of the industry, are these devices there where we can create saleable professional work? The answer is it depends. So for, for your purposes, the way you've described your editing needs, uh, that type of content can absolutely be made on an iPad. There's just no question about it. When you get into some of the more advanced stuff, uh, particularly workflows where you have keyboard shortcuts and you need a mouse, uh, long editing jobs, big features that you're editing, I don't think that the iPad is there yet. Yeah. So it's say that the iPad won't ever get there. But for video especially, there are things that people need a mouse for and keyboard for. And, and what we're trying to say is, regardless of whether you're that person or you're Frederick who wants to edit in the coffee shop with an iPad, this mobile storage technology streamlines your workflow and makes things easier and faster and just saves you that time. And, and that's really why we have different types of apps that just fit in with your workflow rather than totally overhaul it or replace it. Um, it's a big part of the philosophy behind the product. Yeah. But, but the answer is it depends. And, and I know people that fall on both sides of, of, of the fence on that one. And I, I honestly respect the reason behind both. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That, that, yeah, you'll never you'll never create a device that satisfies everyone, right? <laughs> because sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah everyone's workflow is different. More and more, though. Yeah. More and more. Yeah. And for photography, I mean, photography is a separate question. I think it's way closer for photography. Yeah. Lightroom Mobile on an iPad and paired with your Narbox is, I mean, it's replacing the laptop for a lot of our pro photographers on our team. That's fantastic. Absolutely. And I know that Apple and Adobe are dedicated to making them excellent experiences on iPads, especially for photographers. So that's coming sooner than video, I would say. But what are you, what are you, what are you giving up? in your opinion by by moving to a mobile based workflow versus say a, you know a, a MacBook Pro based workflow well if you don't have a product like Narbox or uh, another you know portable hard drive 
you're running out of space, you're not able to archive, you don't have an effective way of long-term storage. These are all problems that we're trying to address. I mean, these are important questions to ask yourself. Yeah. You know, how do you replace a RAID? How do you replace uh, cloud syncing and all these things that are important to a, a desktop or a laptop workflow while you're on the go? Uh, so, so for these people, you, you, storage solutions and file management solutions are absolutely needed, and it's not directly addressed by phones or tablets. Secondly, I think that you're giving up some finer control, uh, especially in video editing. I, I, After Effects, like Adobe After Effects, for example, something like that, I'm sure Final Cut has the exact parallel to it. I just happen to use Adobe a little more, but there's no way that you can do stuff like that on a tablet right now. It's just too detailed. The user interaction is different. But over time, as designers continue to think about these problems, there's no reason why a touchscreen can't do these things. And it's, I think it's just a matter of time for the most part. Yeah. No, yeah. And everything is, right? <laughs> so <laughs> ultimately, you know, the, yeah, if, you, if, you, if you're a fan of science fiction, you know, the future is bright for a lot of, or, or apocalyptic. So depending, yeah. <laughs> depending on your genre, right? Yeah. Um, uh, so, so switching gears a little bit. So you, you mentioned the, uh, the crowdsourced funding campaign campaign that you guys did for the Narbox yep. one, right? You did that on Kickstarter. That's right. Okay. So you did, you did. And then this Narbox two, I was just on the Indiegogo page. In fact, I have it up now. Um, as of this recording, which is it's almost twelve thirty on Friday the uh, what's it the eighth of June. You're at almost a million dollars, and twelve per, twelve thousand percent is that right? No, I'm sorry, twelve hundred percent over your goal. So what's going on there, man? <laughs> like, do you need any more validation that this is a good idea? <laughs> Uh, well, you know, it's 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 great validation from early market customers. We're certainly super, super excited about that. But when it comes to us attaining the reach with this technology that we think is really going to help people push their workflows to the next level, it's just a drop in the bucket. I mean, we're really just getting started here. Uh, this is a young market. It's yeah. it, when we started this this company in 2014, it was you know basically the very beginning we're only five years in and we've just grown to the point where we have 20 employees so it's uh you know hopefully the beginning of a long journey for us and it, it's great to get the validation and the the funding to get the manufacturing off the ground we are still uh you know a, a young company um albeit uh, you know a, a bit more well-backed and stable than the first time around we were still you know trying to learn and improve and uh, for us, it's just the opportunity of a lifetime. We're so excited. No, this is fantastic, and congratulations on that. Because you're, you know, that's a, it's an inspiration just to look at those numbers and see what you guys are doing. And you're, oh, you, you know, you're the, you're the. It seems like you guys are the classic Silicon Valley story. You know, even though you're not in Silicon Valley right now, but you're the classic tech story where, you know, guy person finds. Uh, that there's an issue in their life that they need to solve. They solve it, you know, i.e. that ski trip, right? They, yeah. <laughs> they solve it and then they figure out, well, hey, other people might like this too. And then they build it and boom. And then they, you know, that's the, that's the Silicon Valley success story. But it, with that, the, the question that pops up, because this is a Silicon Valley success story, you can look at it like that. There are lots of other players in this space that have been doing this longer, right? Yep. So we've got Lassie, we've got um, Western, West, Western Digital, et cetera. Some of the players are going away, but we've, you know, there's 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 a lot of competition in there with deep pockets that could 
potentially either use you as a test case and say, yeah, that works, you know, let's build one of those, but put a WD on it, you know, or put a LSE on it and put an orange orange rubber on it and go. <laughs> well, they, they did that. They've already done that. So They've done that. Oh, tell yeah, me about well, that. It's already happened. Uh, well, you know, we've, we were in talks with Western Digital. We talked to them last year a bit. We, we know these companies, so it's, it's not like we weren't aware of them going into, uh, going into this whole thing. But man, if you go and you look at the stuff that they're doing, it looks very similar to what was happening with Narbox 1.0, just kind of like you're saying, yep. which is totally expected and totally fine. I mean, it's nothing personal. It's the hard drive business. They're trying to move more drives. Uh, they've got teams who get paid money to make sure that they move more drives, right? Yep. So they're just doing their job. And you know, the, the thing that sets us apart is we understand the customer on a much deeper level. I mean, we, we relate to the problem that people are trying to solve. And we are content creators ourselves. That, yep. you know, that's You have a, a group of inspired individuals that are coming to work over here because we believe that we are able to make this workflow easier for people. We're, we think we're able to help people. And for us, it's really about building technologies and solutions that address those problems, not about moving hard drives, right? And because of that, we invest a lot of time and a lot of money into interviewing people and understanding their workflows, being really empathetic with the needs of different types of content creators and starting to build uh, features and products that directly address those things. And while it comes with a slightly higher price tag, there's no doubt about it because we don't produce our own SSDs, right? We're yeah. buying them from someone else. Uh, the product shows the uh, the love, and it, it, the the product really has the 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 things that people need. And I think that that sheer utility when they see it, and and the simplicity of the design and the way that they're able to use it, is going to be the reason why we will continue to have a business uh, and 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 grow over time. Yeah. I don't think that we're the same as Western Digital or Lacie. They're those are massive corporations, and uh, you know that gives them a lot of advantages. They've been building hard drives for a long time. You're absolutely right. But at the end of the day, the 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 SSDs we buy come from the same place. Yeah. And uh, you know, while it might be you know more expensive for us to source our parts, and we may put more R and D into our products, which definitely costs money. Yeah. Uh, there's a market for solutions, and we're dedicated to providing those solutions. It is is there is there IP associated with the Narbox that they could you know that they would need to yeah you know Pac Man and eat you guys up in order to get. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's a funny way to put it. I've never heard that. Uh, yes, there is a lot of IP behind the Narbox, and that's a big part of uh, you know our overall strategic advantage in the market. Is uh, the workflow I was explaining with LumaFusion being a perfect example? Mm -hmm. uh, when we're taking files and we're able to uh, to do things with them that usually require a transfer from one place to another, but we're able to do it kind of uh, virtually. Yep. It's that's our special special secret yeah. sauce. There. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Well, that's good to know that there. There is, you know, there, there's a jewel in the middle of that that they can't just go and rebuild and. Oh, they can, they can, you know, the, and they may, they may, you yeah. know, that's just how it works. But I mean, is there is that the <laughs> is that the is there an exit exit strategy there where you guys are like, okay, let's just build this, and at a certain point, it will make more sense to become a part of a larger company versus just crushing it ourselves. In other words, is the end game for Narbox to remain Narbox and be a big entity, or be to be part of a, a larger, more established entity? Well, everyone has their price, right? But sure. you know, we're we're building this business for decades, not for years. Sure. You know, the way that we think about this is, we want to go after a specific type of workflow that we think is sticking around. You look out into the future with the media and entertainment industry and virtual reality. Yeah. Uh, 
exabytes and exabytes of data need to be managed. And we are passionate about it. We've got technology that does it. And uh, it's not our goal to go around, uh, go away anytime soon. We want to build a, a big, serious company and a business that, that continues to serve that need. Now, do you, like, we'll trail this off here. The, you know, we talked a lot about mobile technology, iPads, et cetera, versus, you know, I'll call it the desktop machine, which is a laptop, right? <laughs> so, yeah. so those machines, is the future from your standpoint, is the future mobile? Like, will we see a day in the in the future where, you know, we're we're looking at desktop machines as like your grandfather's machine, and no one uses those anymore? It's all about touchscreens and tablets and AR and VR. I don't think so uh, necessarily, but I'm definitely not the technologist to ask about the <laughs> about the 50-year plan. In my in my understanding, and and I, I don't really go out that far. Let me we'll go out 10 years or so. Sure. <clears throat> I think that we'll see more and more adoption in mobile. Mm. I think we'll see more demand for flexible solutions that works, you know, stuff that works with all of your devices. Yep. Not necessarily only on your phone or only on your tablet or only on your desktop, but everywhere, right? And coordinating those solutions more and more fluidly over time. Uh, but I don't see the desktop going away, especially when you think about things like uh, like VR, as you just mentioned, mm -hmm. that require just an immense amount of processing power. Yep. It's either all got to go to the cloud or you have to have massive machines. And neither of those problems is easy to solve. You don't have enough bandwidth to get it to the cloud. Even with 5G and future internet technology, yep. it's still going to be almost impossible. And then at, at the local level, it just demands a huge amount of processing power, generates heat, takes power, costs money. And these are things that a lot of really smart people are trying to solve, but you're, you're not going to solve them overnight and, and have, you know, a VR editing suite on this thing. Yeah. You know, based on the laws of physics. Right. That's yeah. just, you know, so it's, it's, it's going to take time. It's a lot based on the laws of physics and the laws of just comfort, you know, yeah. Yeah, at some yeah, point so, you want to be able to sit down and edit, right? <laughs> Well, yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't want to edit a full feature film on an iPhone. I mean, yeah. if, you, if you're trying to cut a movie for Hollywood, you need your setup. Yeah. And we don't want to take that away from anybody. We just want to help them get there more easily if they want it or finish, you know, however they, they, they please. Yeah. Yeah. And part of the exciting thing about the Narbox is when I look at it, you know, from a from a, a content creator standpoint, you know, YouTube channel, blog, yada, 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 all that stuff fantastic device but then you also think of like the like younger generations and um you know folks that are in areas where they may not even have access to a computer being able to potentially now create content right because most of the world or a lot of the world the developed world has smartphone technology now if they could just add one of these to that smartphone technology with an app like narbox they're off into the races they can they can youtube they can do all kinds of crazy stuff now right yeah, and we're actually, we've got a few of these, these 1.0s, uh, replacing a computer lab at a few schools in Pennsylvania, what? testing that out. Yeah, so we're already trying to, there's one of our customers, he's a really great guy, uh, got a chance to catch up with him at NAB show in Vegas a few months back, I guess, and he said, hey, I, I'd love to get these into uh, this program that I work uh, work with these kids that come from you know maybe disadvantaged backgrounds or there's no money for a computer lab at the school, whatever the funding situation is, I just want to replace the computers with these so we can teach them editing. Yes. Yeah, so we sent him a few to test it out. 
and I'm hoping that it goes well because education is a great use case for something like this. Yeah, no, absolutely. Just the idea of being able to, yeah, like, like to miniaturize the whole thing and to be able to do that and Make still it cheaper too, right? And create yeah. quality broadcast quality content, not with without sacrifices of well, you can you can kind of do it, but it's gonna look crappy, right? You can actually create yeah. real stuff with just the Narbox and a phone or a tablet, right? Yeah. So. You should download LumaFusion and test it out. I'm, I'm telling you, you're yeah. going to love it. You know, yeah. I'll get it. I've got it right here. I will get it right after this. So, <laughs> I'm sure we'll talk. <laughs> so, yeah, then I'll email you. I'm like, what, Tim? Um, but so what about the future? What's in, what's in the future for Narbox? What are you guys, uh, to the extent that you can share, obviously. But, you know, what, is the, what does the vector look like? Yeah, well, I can't tell you all, all the secrets, of course, but uh, we've got we've got Narbox 2.0. Uh, just it was it launched on Kickstarter. Now it's on Indiegogo, running pre-sales for that, so you can check it out there. The um, the product line is going to get some new uh, family members this fall, uh, but uh, I won't say any more about that. And we've got some. Uh, future future stuff as well that we're working on. So there are a couple of different R&D projects going in, in addition to making sure that we get the uh, the apps and the software all complete for 2.0 and uh, have some happy customers with that one. So you guys so you guys are a little bit busy right now getting getting we, stuff done. I never stop working, but I love it. That's good. <laughs> that's good. So so 2.0 I was looking on the Indiegogo page, so that's going to release and ship in January 2019. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, the Indiegogo orders will ship in 20 in January 2019. The Kickstarter orders will ship in December. December of 2018. So everyone who ordered in the last 60 days, they get it first. Oh, wow. But okay. the customers are now are going to get it a month later because we've got our, our first production run fully subscribed. Very which is great. Cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Congratulations on that. When so what the so why would why did you guys do the switch from uh, what Kickstarter over to Indiegogo or are you just running them tandem? That's actually an interesting question. So uh, we love Kickstarter. We think our photography community is on Kickstarter. I think you'll probably see us back there again at some point in the future, just because we have so many great customer relationships built there. People love backing a Kickstarter campaign. It's exciting. Uh, but they're not incredibly flexible with how long you could run your campaign for or how you take pre-orders between the time your campaign ends and when you launch. So Indiegogo, being the smart business people that they are and having kind of the second leader in the category, yeah. built this platform that's super awesome called InDemand, where you can take your campaign there for pre-orders after you're done with your Kickstarter. And you can just keep it running. Very cool. Very so we're cool. working with Indiegogo on that. They okay. um, they brought us in. That, that makes sense. So this this whole the, the crowdsource thing obviously is working very well for you. And like and there's other companies that uh, that I, I speak to like uh, what is it Peak Design as yeah, well. Yeah, we're friends with them. Yeah, yeah. You guys seem very similar in just kind of the way that you articulate the vision for the business and where things are going and you know the crowdsourced piece of it. Is that the future? Do you think for for businesses that want to tool up quickly and get their idea from um, you know, we're in the car on the way back from Mammoth <laughs> to actually first unit shipped. It's it's a part of the future. There's no question. I mean, uh, I think with some of the technologies that are coming out, it's going to look a bit different. You look at things like uh, cryptocurrency and blockchain. Yeah. And that's likely to change crowdfunding. It already has. Right. Look at what's happening in that market. But uh, yeah, I think there's a, a promising decentralized future for uh, entrepreneurs with good ideas. 
I love that. I love that. So that's uh, I'm going to have you on because that's another topic I want to talk about. So we've been we've been sort of putting our toe in the water on blockchain and how that kind of thing is going to change lots of industries, not only, you know, startups like yours, but also from a content creator's perspective, you know, signing original works and sort of things like that. So absolutely. Yeah, there's a this the, the future. I was telling a friend of mine that's all into this blockchain stuff. I was like, the future is very excited, exciting and also very confusing because, you that's know, right. and the confusion <laughs> is what is generating the molasses for people to, you know, <laughs> to not move faster because there's so much disinformation and and, you know, it goes on and on and on. Well, cool. Well, thank you for doing this, man. So, uh, so Normbox 2.0, uh, the cost is going to be what? What's the retail price for? For the it folks? starts at three ninety nine, mm-hmm. and it goes up to nine ninety nine. That's MSRP as it's currently planned. The price is a bit below that now for pre order, mm-hmm. and we're we're just trying to figure out exactly what. Uh, the, the cost to build is exactly what people so there's a little bit of figuring out to do those are the preliminary prices that we put out uh, you can expect it to be in that ballpark very cool very cool it's excited looking at the the original this is the 1.0 that I have here so looking yeah. at looking at this guy let's see if I can get it to focus on it there it goes right there boom look at that wait let me hold it up we'll do a screenshot of that later there you go <laughs> So, uh, so looking at that one, the old one and the new one, you guys obviously made lots of industrial design choice changes and all that. Let me, can oh, yeah. We, yeah, I'm going to bring you up on screen here. Can you hold that up again? I want to take a look at that. Thing. Sure. Okay. So the, it's rubberized all around. So, yeah. So I can tell you a little bit about the design. Yeah, please. Um, it's a, so this, this thing that one of the big challenges is you put a laptop quality processor in a little box and the heat management is tricky. So you'll notice the fins, that's a huge design feature on the front. That's actually adding surface area so it's dissipating heat more quickly. It's one of the big changes. There are no fins on the old one. It gets a little hot sometimes. So this is gonna be better at dissipating the heat. We've also got the buttons and the OLED and that's how you do your backup with one press. What's cool about this is using the SafeKeep app, you can set up a folder tree, a preset, if you will. And you can retrieve it with just a couple of presses here and back up to folders, which is awesome. You know, just a couple clicks on this button. Get out of uh, here. That's too cool. Yeah. And then the back, we've got a replaceable battery. So you can, if you're, if you're a production company and you need to transfer terabytes of files, well, these things will keep you powered all oh, day. Oh, that's golden. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, the ports we've got, let's see, SD, mini HDMI for a screen if you want to connect, and USB-C on that side, as well as a second USB-C on the other side. And this one can connect it to your computer as just a regular old SSD. Beautiful. And that's how you transfer your work into the studio. It's all super fast, uh, you know, latest technology. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. It's been fun to build this thing, I'll tell you. What's, what's, uh, Tim, what's coming out of that HDMI port? What am I seeing out of there? You're able to uh, plug into a monitor. So if you're on location, you want to review some shots on a big screen, really check the detail, you can actually you can do that. Okay, okay. That's... And and in the future, it can do some other stuff too because, you know, you, you you can actually imagine running it almost as a little bit more of a traditional computer plugged into a monitor with the USB keyboard or mouse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just some ideas, you know. No, absolutely. That's cool. Okay, I need one. I need one right yeah. now. <laughs> That is too cool, man. Congratulations. So I'll link to, uh, well, everything from the blog post, you know, the website, the, the crowdsource campaigns and the, you know, different reviews that are out there. Cause there's some cool, cool reviews out there already on the device. And, uh, so people are basically waiting, uh, for a couple to months. Get it. 
yeah. for a couple months to get it you know <laughs> to get it yeah. cool cool so awesome so anything else you want to share before we we end this no, I think that that's great. Thank you so much for your time and appreciate the chance to uh, answer your questions and talk about the market. You're welcome, man. Congratulations on the success. I'm excited to see this thing get out there. I think, like I was saying, I think that uh, it's validation having this conversation with you about the the viability of mobile for production level work, right? So before it's been kind of like a kludge, you know, it might work, it may not work. Yeah, you can do it, but you're gonna suck up all the hard drive space on your your lap, on your tablet. You guys have busted through all of those those hurdles, it sounds like, and done some other things. <laughs> and yeah. now we're gonna be able to actually go sit down in that Pete's Coffee or Starbucks or whatever and edit and pump it up to YouTube or Facebook and get on with our day, right? Absolutely, that's the idea, we're doing our best. All right, Tim, thanks a lot, man, I appreciate it. This is Twitter.